This is the daily lectionary uh, comments for July the 7th. We're going to look at Judges chapter 2. So we're starting a new book in Judges and uh, Acts chapter 13, and we're continuing in the first missionary journey. Okay, Judges chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. So right away, you should realize that we have just changed books. We have finished our, our uh, reading through Joshua, and now we're going into Judges. And at a very fundamental level, the nature of the text and the storyline is going to change. You've, you've heard of the books of Moses, um, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They're also called the Torah, the law, sometimes called the Pentateuch. Pentateuch means five books. Some people have argued that really Joshua should be included with the Torah, and uh, we should call it a hexateuch, six books, because Joshua shares with the rest of the books of Moses a similar theme, and that theme is God being faithful to his promises. The books of Moses and Joshua are all about how God makes promises and how God keeps promises despite the people's best efforts to prove unworthy, all right? So all the way back in, in Genesis uh, God promised to Abraham that his descendants would live in the land of Canaan. And it's not until you get to Joshua that the land of Canaan actually begins to be conquered. And it is the final act in God fulfilling the promise he made to Abraham, repeated to Isaac, repeated to Jacob, raised up Moses to accomplish. This is why the people were brought out of Egypt, where they were supposed to go uh, in Numbers 14 and, and refused to go in. Um, now, finally, God is finishing his plan. He's entered into a covenant with his people, and he is settling him into, the, in, into this land. God is keeping his promises. Now, there's plenty, 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 plenty in the books of Moses and Joshua about the faithlessness of God's people, that, that they keep screwing up. But really, the tonic note in those books is not on the people screwing up, but that God is faithful. Now, in Judges, things are going to change. God is still faithful. God is still going to be keeping his promises. And the people are still faithless and still screwing up. But as you go through reading the book of Judges, you'll realize that really the emphasis now is much more on the question of the people and whether they are going to keep the covenant or not, and not on whether God is going to fulfill his promises. God has fulfilled his promises and the people are settled. They are settled, but they are violating the covenant. The, the reading today makes it clear, if you look at verse 10, that the real storyline in Judges begins with the first generation after the last generation to see God fulfill all of these promises. So verse 10 says, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, a generation of, of, uh, of Joshua and the leaders that were serving with him. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. So the book of Judges is now going to be about those generations settled in the land of Canaan who had not experienced and seen directly how God has fulfilled um, his promises. There is a certain dreary pattern that we're going to see over and over again uh, in the book of Judges. And you can see it here in verse 11. It says the people did what was evil 
and serve the Baals, that is, the false gods. They, uh, they did the very thing that God commanded that they not do, and that is that they went after idols. Baal was a pagan god. They, uh, they provoked the Lord to anger, uh, verse 12 says, and, and the Lord sold them uh, to, uh, to their surrounding uh, enemies, verse 14. And they were in terrible distress, verse 15. And then the Lord raised up judges. This is verse 16. Judges in this context means leaders. It doesn't mean somebody who judges between guilt and innocence. It means leading the people. And so God raised up ad hoc leaders whenever the people would get themselves in a fix. But then when the judge would die, the people would, re, uh, would um, revert back again to their old ways. And finally, uh, in, in verse 21, uh, the Lord says, I will no longer drive out the nations uh, before you uh, that Joshua had left when he died in order to test Israel. So now the ongoing, these, these nations, their false gods and so forth, are going to continue to coexist in the land of Canaan. And they're going to continue to be a snare and a problem for the people. God is going to allow them to stay. The original promise was, I'm going to drive them all out. But you keep going after these false gods. And so as your punishment, you're going to have to keep dealing with these false gods. Okay, so this, the basic theme of Judges, or shall we say the tonic note is, how disobedient are the people going to be? Are they ever going to come back to God? Are they ever going to be faithful and, and remain faithful to the Lord? God, we know, is faithful to his promises. But the real question here is, are the people going to be able to stay in the land or not? Are they going to keep the covenant or not? That is really going to be the focus of the whole book of Judges. Okay, Acts chapter 13, beginning at verse 13. The first missionary journey begins with Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul, preaching on the island of Cyprus. But then they left the island of Cyprus, went north, and they landed on the south shore of what is today Turkey. So now the rest of the first missionary journey is going to take place uh, in, in that area, um, which was also a Roman province of Galatia. So that will be important later on because we're going to look at the book of Galatians, and it's going to give us, uh, we're going to have this work of, of Paul and Barnabas here uh, as a background to, to what he's going to say in his letter to the Galatians. So think about him preaching in Galatia, and then later on when we get to that letter, you'll know who he's writing to. All right, so anyway, they, they go north from Cyprus. They land on the, uh, on the um, uh, mainland in modern Turkey, and it says here in verse 13, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. John, this is John Mark the uh, author of the Gospel of Mark. Mark will later end up with Peter. What's important here, and this will, this will become important later on, um, because Paul took it very, very personally that, that Mark left at this point and considered to him to really to have let the missionary journey down. And later on, there will be a real personal split between Paul and Barnabas over whether um, Mark should continue with them or not. And Barnabas and Mark ended up going with one another. And Paul ended up going off with, uh, with Silas and others and Luke, but not, um, not Mark. So anyway, that's, we'll see that later on. They go into the interior. So they go north into modern-day Turkey, into the interior, until they get to a town called Antioch. Now, this Antioch, same name as Antioch, 
uh, where uh, that commissioned uh, Barnabas and, 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 and Paul to begin with. But that Antioch is in Syria. So we call it Syrian Antioch. This Antioch is in a, in a district of, of Pisidia. And so we call it Pisidian Antioch. It was a larger city. And what, the, uh, what Paul and Barnabas did is, uh, as was their custom, this is how they went about initiating missionary work out in the mission field. Any uh, large city in that day would have had at least one synagogue. And, and what Paul and Barnabas would do first is go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. It says that, uh, that very thing in verse 14. And on the Sabbath day, they went to the synagogue and sat down. Now, they were invited to, to speak uh, during the worship service uh, as, as traveling rabbi. So, so they were permitted to speak. And it was in that context that they did begin to speak. Uh, note that uh, it, it says in verse 16, Paul stood up. Paul was the one who did most of the speaking. You'll also uh, note in the text, it, starts, it, it stops talking about Barnabas and Paul and starts talking about Paul and Barnabas. The order of those two names uh, reverses because apparently uh, Barnabas was in charge at the start, but Paul's personality evidently just sort of took over. And, and so his was the one that was after uh, the initial uh, the initial work. Uh, it was it was after that Paul and Barnabas. Well, anyway, he he gets up Paul to speak uh, in the synagogue and he speaks um, a wonderful sermon. I want you to point out I want to point out at the sermon that number one is it, it is explicitly addressed to the men of Israel, it says, verse 16. Verse 26, brothers, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God. He is speaking to Jewish believers and the entire sermon is aimed at them. It, it, it begins with a very long recitation of the history of Israel with her God, leading up to the events that, that uh, caused God to send Jesus into the world and Jesus' uh, crucifixion and resurrection. As with many sermons, the, the actions of God in the past lay the foundations for this. So I want you to pay attention to this because in future sermons, when the audiences is going to be different, either Gentile audiences of different sorts, you're going to see a very different style of preaching suited to uh, the audience. So pay attention to this one here, how he's speaking to a Jewish audience in a synagogue. And we'll talk tomorrow about what happens in Pisidian Antioch following the sermon.